This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Welcome to Equity Mates Uncovered. Every company has a story worth telling, and on this podcast, we'll be bringing the companies to you so you can hear from them in their own words. Welcome back to another episode of Uncovered by Equity Mates, a podcast where we shine a light on some of Australia's and some of the global small caps that don't get enough analyst attention. I'm here with my Uncovered buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. (laughs) Very excited for this episode. Uh, We love this series, Uncovered. It's our opportunity to explore some of the lesser known and less covered uh, companies on the ASX and around the world, as you said. And I think the the thing that I'm reminded of over and over again as we speak to these company leaders is just how many small companies are out there working on like really interesting problems or really challenging problems and it's just it's great that we get to speak to them and and learn about them. We've spoken to, you know, companies working on medical devices which I thought was overly technical for me. Well, let me tell you about the company that we're speaking about today, because <laughs> if you thought monitoring stroke victims or imaging hearts was technical, let me take you to the world of flash and DRAM and RAM storage. Yes. Today, we are speaking with the executive chairman of 4DS Memory, David McAuliffe. We delve into the details of what 4DS is and their recent success of the fourth platform lot. Bit of jargon there. You'll understand it in a moment. But they're doing some pretty fascinating things at a, a level of incredible engineering. Yeah, I, I think for because uh, David gets quite deep quite quickly. So I think computer memory, there are two sort of technologies that make up most computer memory these days, DRAM and flash memory. DRAM is moves very quickly, but it doesn't have long-term storage. It's very expensive. Flash, not quick, but can hold stuff long-term, very cheap highly overly simplified but that's that's sort of the basics a, n- a long line of technology producers have tried to create a third class that sits in the middle known as RAM. DRAM RAM flash that's the sort of the jargon that you need to know and companies like um, Intel like Western Digital um, have tried to build RAM products and none of them have really nailed it I think we were speaking offline with David and he was like you know uh, one company that did it, they only sold like a billion dollars worth of the product. Billion dollars sounds like a lot for me, but we're talking about massive industries here. DRAM is about a hundred billion US dollars. Flash is about 60 billion US dollars. So RAM exists, but no one's really established it as a category and as like a, a class of memory in the same way that DRAM and flash memory uh, and definitely not the market size of those two. And so that's what 4DS is trying to do. They're, they've got a different way of attacking the problem. Um, I think David was saying they move like six oxygen molecules and that's how they store the memory. So don't ask me about the technicals there. Um, but 4DS is trying to sort of pick up where some of these previous companies have left off um, in developing that technology and really trying to take a big step forward and establish it as a meaningful third class of memory. Mm. Is that a fair... Yep, that's fair. <laughs> we're, just... we're both swimming well outside our circle of competence in this interview. Yes. As well. you'll hear. So before we jump into it, a reminder that this is not a buy, hold, sell recommendation for 40S memory while we are licensed. We're not aware of your financial circumstances. So any information is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general. 
But with that said, let's get stuck in. Here's our interview with David McAuliffe from 40S Memory. Well, David, welcome to Uncovered by Equity Mates. Uh, we're keen to have you here. Thanks very much, guys. Now, to get started, we need to understand a bit about the memory and storage industry. 40S operates in a hot industry at the moment, semiconductors. It's one that is top of mind for a lot of the Equity Mates community. And to understand 40S, we need to understand memory technology. So can you provide us with an overview of the memory and storage markets, its different segments and use cases? Yeah, no worries. So what we operate with at the moment is hasn't changed for a long, long time. So probably 30 or 40 years. So you've got a couple of things in your device and your computer and your phone and in data centers. The, the two two main things are called DRAM and um, flash. And so DRAM is sort of like your operating system. So when you're tapping me a, a text message, you're operating in DRAM. And that, that memory cell or that cell operates at sort of 30 nanoseconds and it can turn on and off like a trillion times, but it can't remember anything. Um, and it has to refresh itself every one sixth of a second. So, but once you've, once you've sent the text to me, it gets saved in a thing called flash and flash can operate 10,000 times on and off without failure, it, it, but it's not, it's, it, it's retrieval and the way it operates is nowhere near the speed of DRAM. So what the industry has been looking for is something which combination of both. So on the 23rd of August, we announced that we had uh, characteristics which are really close to DRAM. And then we announced again about a month later that, that we will improve that. So. What we have is a technology which has DRAM characteristics. We're faster than DRAM in terms of speed. We can remember stuff for a certain period of time, which is important. And we can actually cycle our cell about uh, in excess of 3 billion times um, without failure. So we're really you know, leaning towards being a complement to DRAM. And it's something the industry has been looking for for a long, long time. So Intel and Micron produced a technology called Optane, but Optane hasn't been the success that they hoped it would be. And so, you know, we we are sort of starting to get into that space where we can be a complement to DRAM and it's the, what we have hasn't changed for sort of 30 years. So DRAM's been around for a long time. Flash has been around for a long time. DRAM's a $100 billion industry. Flash is about a $50, $60 billion industry. And so we're looking for, the industry is looking for some complementary technology to fit into the architecture that already exists. So we're not going to change what exists at the moment. DRAM's not going, going away and Flash is not going away. But the industry wants some sort of complementary technology to take it forward. And, that, and that's what we think we probably have at the moment. So David, there's DRAM, there's Flash, and then 4DS is sort of pioneering this this re-RAM, as uh, I think you call it. And you sort of explained there when we're typing a message, DRAM is great for the like the immediate, and then it gets moved across to Flash storage. And please correct me if I'm getting this wrong at any point. No, you're right. That's right. Yep. Help help us understand where re-RAM then sits and how you know, like take the example of the phone that I'm typing out a text or maybe it's a, a different use case, but help us understand where reram then replaces or sits in that tech ecosystem, that memory stack. And I guess help us understand why it's a good solution, why it's a better solution than the current DRAM flash dichotomy. Like so reram has been around for a while, right? So there's a lot, there is reram product actually in the market. So Adesto is a, a company in the US which has a reram technology and there's lots of 
the reram is a, you know, it's a big circle of technology that sits around reram but we we operate completely different to re, to to other rerams so most rerams have an atomic wire it's called a filament which goes from the top to the bottom and that's what creates your memory so we we don't do it like that at all so we're completely different we're an area based um, reram so we use the entire surface of the cell to create the memory we don't have a filament and so this is what makes us unique in sort of the reram space and one of the reasons why we've been able to work with iMac because iMac themselves have tried to sort of do this themselves and have failed. So we've been at iMac since 2017. And so we use the entire surface of the cell to create the memory. So that means we're a high density memory because what you want to be in your, if you're going into the architecture of a phone or your computer or a data center, you want to take up as least space as you possibly can because all that space is worth, you know, billions of dollars. So we want to be high density so that we can take up as little space as possible, but create as much memory as possible. And so that's what we've been able to sort of, you know, starting to show that we can do. And so, you know, high density memory, area-based memory is really important. And um, that's, that, that's what we've shown over the, from the 23rd of August to, to now. And um, it's taken a little, a little bit longer than we thought it would take. And we've spent sort of 40 or $50 million doing it. But now we're really at the pointy end of, of where we are showing that our technology has some real relevance in this area. And, you know, I think that we will get attention from lots of different organisations around the world and household names, because this is something the industry has been looking for for a long, long time. And there's been no, no significant change at all in the architecture of um, how we operate our, 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 our systems. And so, you know, we're becoming very, very relevant. So, David, who who do you anticipate some of your largest customers will be once you, I get, guess, get past this final stage of, of testing and proving to the industry and market? Yeah, that's a good question, Bryce. But we're, we're not, we're, we're actually not going to be looking for customers. We're not looking for a licensing a licensing portfolio. Right. There's not many licensing um, companies out there that have been hugely successful. So... Our view is, in my, in my background, it's mainly been in life sciences. So the equivalent is, to give an analogy, if you go and do an Alzheimer's trial in 100 patients and you get cognitive improvement in those in those people, then someone like Pfizer or Galaxo is going to come and buy you and they'll spend $200 million and they'll open up 50 centres around the world and they'll go and prove to the FDA that this technology or that, that drug actually works. So we're, we're doing the same thing. So we're, we're operating on IMAX manufacturing equipment, which is the same equipment that um, Intel have or Samsung have. And so we're showing them that on IMAX equipment, we can get these results, which you can get on your own results. So therefore, you need to go and spend the 250 million bucks in the two years and 50 engineers to make this into a product. So we're only trying to, trying to prove uh, a proof of concept. We're not going to be a manufacturer of chips or anything like that. So it's a, it's the same sort of concept, right? So we've just got to get to the point where we can say, listen, guys, we've done it on their device. You can do it on your device. And so away you go. So, and that's, that's, you know, that's, that's industry standards sort of stuff. Let's take a step back and talk about this trial because I think, you know, if people have looked at the 4DS share price, they can see the results of it. You've rocketed up since uh, you announced the results, but take us behind the scenes, and especially for people like Bryce and I who are non-technical, give us an understanding of you know what, what this trial was 
the results of it and just just how meaningful that is for 40s as a company so i got involved in this company uh in 2013 and they didn't have any any data at all but one of the guys who was involved was a guy called jim dorian who's um an ex crosspoint venture partner and crosspoint ventures is one of the most successful venture capital firms in california and i sat down with james um for a couple of days and, and we really thought through thought, thought this through and we all agreed that you know we are treating a population of people unlike in life sciences so in life sciences if you're i always go to alzheimer's disease because i've founded an alzheimer's company right so if you're treating a population of alzheimer's patients you're probably looking at 60 or 70 million people who have alzheimer's disease that you're trying to help this is not a subset of the population this is everybody in the world who has a device or a tablet or a computer. So, you know, the, the opportunity is absolutely mind-blowingly big. Um, and you're talking DRAM's 100 billion, you know, flashes 50 or 60 billion, whatever it might be. So we thought that even though they didn't have any data and already invested $10 million into it, that we thought we should kick the can down the road. So, so we decided that we would both, um, you know, get involved with this heavily and so, you know, we spent another $40 million on it and we've gone through trials and tribulations. And, but the interesting thing about it is it's an engineering exercise. It's completely different to life sciences. So in life sciences, if you go into a, you know, a phase two trial, you put a, a molecule into a, into, a, into a person and it takes two years for that trial to get a result. Whilst that trial's ongoing, you, you, you've got zero information and you can't change a single atom on that molecule. That's it, you're done. And, and it's binary. Once you get the result, it's either worked or it hasn't worked. Here, it's it's completely different in that every week you're getting engineering outcomes you can think about and look at. And if the train's sort of coming off the track, you can say, well, we need to change that and we need to do this to get it back on track. And that's what we've done for the last 10 years. So, you know, we have it has taken a bit longer than we thought, but, you know, innovation takes time. And particularly what we're doing is, is, is incredibly, incredibly difficult, but it's incredibly important because it will change the way we operate and change our lives if we get this right. And it changes the way you use your phone, it changes the way you use information. It, it's amazing. So we've got to a point now where we've had, you know, interesting information, interesting information, interesting information. And now we've got to the point where we've, change certain things how we operate change certain ways how we um how we um uh, test what we're doing and we've come up with a, a, a system and results which show us that we are really getting close to being able to show that we can um actually do what we think we can do which is you know it's an it, it's a really really innovative and really really important so to be able to show that you've got speed yourself and operate at, you know, three times faster than DRAM, which is DRAM's 30 nanoseconds, we're 9.5. And you've got over 3 billion times your cell can turn on and off without failure. And you can remember some information at the same time. That is really, really unique. And so it's something that, you know, we're really proud of that we've spent 10 years doing it. And the future for us is looking really, really promising. And it's really rocket it's really rocket science sort of stuff. But from I think we've sort of we've 
we've kicked the rocket science out now. And so it's more about how what, what we do going forward in terms of operating our, our technology and ourselves to get to the point where we want to be. And so it's really, really exciting sort of next 12 months. David, we're going to quickly pause here to hear from our sponsors. And then on the other side, we want to unpack a little bit more about the business and then what this technology could be in the future. Uncovered, where every company has a story worth telling. Welcome back to Uncovered by Equity Mates. Today, we're speaking to David McAuliffe, the Executive Chairman of 4DS Memory. Hmm. So just to clarify, David, and, and I think you touched on it earlier, but is there a world where this replaces DRAM and flash or? It's a really good question. So nothing gets replaced, right? So DRAM is just exceptional. DRAM is one of the most magnificent technologies you've got in our, in our, you know, our systems. We don't get a lot of it because it's pretty expensive in terms of the cost per gigabyte. So you don't get a lot of stuff in your device, but you get a whole heap of flash because it's really cheap. So flash is not going away. Flash doesn't need to be replaced and DRAM doesn't need to be replaced. What's, what people are looking for is something that sort of sits in between. So they want a technology which has the characteristics of both. So they want something that's really, really fast in terms of its operating way it operates, which we've been able to show we can. You need to be able to turn your cell on and off long, lots and lots of times, which we're showing we're in excess of three billion. And you want to be able to show you've got some some sort of, you know, they call it persistent memory. So we've been able to show we've got that. So we're just going to sort of slot ourselves into the architecture that already exists in our, our systems. And our guys have been in this for a long, long time. So they understand where we need to sort of position ourselves. And IMEC understand where we need to position ourselves as well. And this is one of the discussions I'll be having when I go up to Brussels next week. So I've never been invited to a meeting in Brussels before. And the significance of the information we've been able to produce, you know, they want me to come up and have a chat with the CIO and, and other individuals up there. So I'm up there for three days next week. It's a, it's a fascinating one. And it was something we were wondering because we can see the response in Australia um, by the share price. Like, you know, it, it feels like, and, you know, we, we've, seen, we've seen some articles um, talking about the results from Australian publications, but we were going to ask what the global response has been like. And the fact that you've been invited to Brussels, I guess, kind of indicates what the response has been. But have you been hearing from, you know, like the the Samsungs of the world, the big US tech companies, like are they... Um, Nobel wh- Peace Prize. Yeah, what's, what's the global <laughs> response been? Well, you know, clearly I can't answer that question. But, um, you know, in terms of the share price, you know, the share price has gone from sort of three cents or four cents to 21. Now it's back to 12 or 12 and a half or whatever it might be on, you know, the volume that trades in the stock is incredible, which is really good because that's what you want. Because it means that, you know, people can look at the share price and think, well, I'm going to invest in that, but I'm not going to get cray potted. It means I, I can I can get out if I want to get out. So the volume's re- really important. But, you know, if you look at some comparables, um, you know, even here or around the world, you know, 220 million bucks or whatever we're capped at. Um, I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more value that can be extracted from this technology. So, you know, there's a couple of, couple of comparables on, on ASX. One's worth seven or 800 million bucks, was 1.6 or something. And another one was 2 billion now, 
you know, 400 men or something like that. So, you know, I think that, you know, we are, I personally think we're significantly undervalued and how we get that recognition, um, we just need to keep sort of talking to people and make them understand what we've been able to achieve, which is just incredible. So I think the devaluation the will change as time goes on. Interestingly for us, we're now in the best position we've ever been in that we've got the best results we've ever had. And, um, you know, as I said before, the rocket science has sort of been kicked out of the park now. So we're just back to, you know, we're now just focusing on, you know, developing it more and making more improvements. But we don't need to raise any money because the share price has kicked up. There's a whole heap of options that have been exercised. And so we've now got sort of more money than we've ever had before. So, so if people are thinking we're going to go raise money and waiting for a share purchase plan or waiting for a placement, it's not going to happen because we've got enough money for the next two years. And hopefully, you know, we're not, I'm not sitting around here talking about this in the next two years because I've been doing it for 10. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a third of my working life I've been doing this. So, but we are now at a really important stage where, you know, I've almost done myself out of a job because we don't need to raise any money. So, um, you know, we, we're hoping to, you know, get, get more significant results, show people that they can take this to the next level and someone comes and says, I've seen enough here, let, let me take over and I'll just make this a product. So, so then looking to the future, and for the many thousands of, I guess, retail investors that are listening to this, interested in your, your place in the industry, what, what's the, is, is the next major hurdle for you or the next major milestone just to sell? If someone's sitting here thinking about investing, what, what, I guess, what, what does the future hold for them as an investor? And, and is it just getting on the journey for that exit? I think that's to be determined, right? So there's, there's obviously all, always short-term, medium-term and long-term goals. And so we need to go and sit down with IMEC. And this is the reason I'm going on, on Monday up to Brussels, is to sit down with them and say, look, this, this, this is where we're at. What do you guys think we should be doing next? And so that, that's to be determined. So that determines then your medium-term goal as well. Um, but the long-term goal is clearly to, um, as I said before, to have the company bought by a major player. And the, it could be anyone from a, a company, from a memory maker or a memory acquirer. So it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who makes memory and makes chips. It could be someone who says, hey, listen, I want that. And it goes to a memory um, maker and says, make it for me. So there's 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 definitely different types of companies that would be interested in this. And, and you know, if we get to where we think we're going to get to, then, you know, it's, it's household name sort of companies that are going to be interested in this. It's, 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 a, it's a really significant, really important thing that we're doing. And it's something the industry has been looking for for a long time. So it, it's, you know, it's it really challenging. It's really interesting. And, um, you know, if we can just get through the, the next part of the journey, um, it, it's going to be just fantastic. And, and it always carries risk, right? Everything, innovation always carries risk. And, you know, the stuff we're dealing with is, you know, the cells are like 3,000 smaller than the width of a human hair. Whoa, and so it's, it's mind-boggling. There's a little machine that sits in the corner that makes these things and 
you know, God knows how it works, but it does. And, it, you know, I just, you can't really get your head around it because the way we work is we move six oxygen molecules between two, two, two layers and that creates the memory. Like, how the hell does that work? Yeah. Right? I don't know, David. You tell us. I don't know myself. So but they tell me it does. And from the results we've got, it clearly does. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. This whole world, you, you know, you're talking about like 60 nanometer memory cells. You're talking about write, write speeds of 27 nanoseconds. It's just like... No, nine and a half seconds, mate. Oh, no, you there you go. You've oversold it. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's wild. And I think like it's a fascinating story and, and journey that you've been on. I guess... To, to wrap it up, David, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask one more non-technical question and whether it is 4DS continuing on and developing it, uh, th- this technology yourself or whether it's you know, partnering or selling uh, with, a, with a bigger, maybe a household name, if you think 10, 20 years into the future as this technology is fully realized and commercialized and, and rolled out, how how will it affect us in our day-to-day lives like if if this is in every phone and in every computer uh what what will it what will it change like you know will it make our devices better cheaper like what's what's the impact of this going to be over the over the long term it will change everything innovation always comes and it's just time and money and we always think you know oh we've just got our our next new phone and oh, it's got all this new stuff in it, and it's all fantastic. But that hasn't been developed a week ago. That's been developed five years ago. And so five years of development then ends up in your phone that you get next week. And it's the same here. This is, you know, this has been 10 years of development. Um, if it ends up in your phone or ends up in a data center or ends up in your, in your computer, it will change the way you operate and the things you do. And depending on whether it ends up in AI or whatever it might be, it, it will fundamentally change loads of stuff. It's, inc- it's really incredible. It, it, it really is. It, it just is. And it, it just, you know, it's like at times it keeps me awake at night thinking about it. And, you know, so it's a really, really important thing that we're working on. All good things take a while and all good things cost money to develop, but we're not big spenders. We spend sort of $4 million bucks a year. So we've spent sort of 40 to $50 million on this so far. And if we can get to the next bit, to the next little bit we need to do, then it's going to change the way you operate your systems and the way you operate your life. It, it really is that important. And it's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, disconcerting when you think about it. And uh, it does keep me awake at night sometimes. <laughs> well, I hope you get some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, it's uh, no doubt that you're at an exciting point in uh, in the progression and history of 4DS. It's been a decade to this point. Uh, I guess a congratulations, but we're also excited to see uh, to see where this progresses. So thank you so much for coming on, sharing uh, your journey, uh, you know, entrepreneurial journey and also the journey of 4DS. Um, as I said at the top, it's it's in an industry that I know a lot of the Equitymates community are very interested in. And I'm sure they took a lot out of this uh, episode. We'll include the sh- uh, links to a lot of the, the reports to the results in our show notes for the audience as well. But David, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Okay, guys, I'll, I'll come see you next time. I'm Love it. Love it. Can't <laughs> wait. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to this episode of Uncovered by Equitymates. 
A reminder that nothing on this podcast should be taken as a buy, hold or sell recommendation. This podcast is intended to uncover new ideas and be the start of your research process, not the end of it. If you would like a company featured on Uncovered by Equitymates, please reach out to contact at equitymates.com. Equitymates Media operates under Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.